Hello and welcome to the Highbury Hangout podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking all about Arsenal's win in the FA Cup against Watford. And as always, we'll be doing a match report, followed by some analysis and then finishing up with general Arsenal news. So, Arsenal have advanced to the fifth round of the Adobe Women's FA Cup with a 5-1 win at home to Watford in what could be described as a Hertfordshire L Classico, I guess. So, goals came from Alessi Russo, Leah Volti, Stina Blackstanius, Amanda Elistet and Frieda Mornham. And, of course, technically, in this game, a bit unique, I suppose, all goal scorers were Arsenal players, and that's because Watford's only goal of the game came from Academy product Michelle Ajamang, who's currently on loan at Watford, but more about our trio of youngsters to come. Arsenal's first goal came just six minutes in. Beth Mead played the ball to Victoria Pullover. The Watford keeper was actually able to get a touch, but Russo was just lucky she was in the right position and she was able to secure her first goal. Then, six minutes after that, so we're edging on the 13th minute mark, which I think is special, given the goal scorer. It was, of course, Leah Volti, our number 13. And it was an absolutely stunning curl from her into the goal. As we know, she doesn't score many, but when she does, they're always real beauty ones. We continued to have a lot of chances. Amanda Elistair, Caitlin Ford and Katie McCabe, just to name a few. Russo also saw a few chances, particularly one that went just wide after, unfortunately, Michelle Ajimang, or fortunately, depends which way you look at it, uh, lost the ball in her play. And then not long after that, Viv Miedemar also hit the crossbar with quite some force. As the second half began, it was clear that the mon- momentum was still very much in Arsenal's favour. I personally particularly enjoyed a Miedemar attempt because she received the ball from Emily Fox. Now, unfortunately, she didn't score from this opportunity, but I do think we're really starting to see Miedemar come back in more of her old self. Um, obviously, this is because I think a lot of people, rightly so, we celebrate the the big milestones that you know the return to full training the return to being able to run on grass and then of course the return to being match ready but there's a difference between being match ready and being the self you once were um and i think seeing the physicality side of her game back is really really important the other reason i obviously really enjoyed it is because emily fox getting the ball to her absolutely highlighted her pace and her ability to run and pull players together and I think, what an exciting player we've signed. We continued to keep coming close, but it just we were really struggling to get the ball in the back of the net, which was, of course, frustrating. However, the huge amount of pressure, it seemed that something would come of it eventually. Jonas Eidvall then made a quadruple change in the 64th minute. Miedemar, Ford, Russo and Volti all made their way for Frieda Mornum, Chloe Lacasse, Dina Blackstenius and Kyra Cooney-Cross. Blackstenius was the immediate impact that Arsenal needed, providing a goal with, I believe, essentially her first touch of the game. Blackstenius then also nearly assisted not long after... Uh, with Pullover, but the attempt was thwarted into a corner, which subsequently was saved. With 30 minutes to go, Michelle Ajimang then scored for Watford with her first shot of the game. She then later said that no one cheered and it went silent, but she carried on. However, what I would say is I definitely saw some people clapping, so... I think we're all just excited to see the future talent, honestly. Actually, one person that I definitely did see clapping was Emily Fox. It was a very quiet, polite clap, don't get me wrong, but it was very, very, like, NWSL. Reminds me, if you ever watch the NWSL, 
especially if there's an international camp coming up in the next few weeks and the US players play against each other and one of them scores or does something particularly well, even when it's against their own team, they clap because they have that quite, um, it's sort of the togetherness of their mentality, I suppose. And it did make me think of that, but nice to see nonetheless. Our next goal came from Frieda Mornum, who made it 5-1. Leia Kadena also came on to pre- uh, replace Lotte Vuba-Moy, which saw out the game in what was a very comprehensive win. Although, with that many chances, should we have scored more? Potentially. Our next game sees us return to WSL action, this time against Everton at home. In terms of when our next FA Cup matches, we now know that we will be facing Man City. Um, and that will be probably on the 11th of February, but is at home. Now, lots of ways to look at that. I think, yes, we could have had a nicer draw with, you know, all due respect to the other teams. There was nicer draws to have. Um, however, ultimately, in my opinion, at this stage of where we know what teams left to win the FA Cup, whether this be in the final or before that, you're probably going to have to beat Chelsea or Man City at some point. The chances of other teams doing that for you and you also coming through, like, unscraped is very, very rare. Another aspect that I really don't think can be overlooked is our home advantage, especially against Man City. It seems to have a really important say for each team, home or away, kind of how the outcome goes. But for now, let's dive in to some analysis and our thoughts on the game. So first off, I want to talk about our youngsters, our loanies over at Watford. Um, anyone that's ever kind of spoken to me or, well, I guess anyone that's listened to this podcast knows I'm very, very excited about this current crop of young guns that are coming through. There are, of course, several others. Um, it's nice, though, that the three of these are together at Watford. We also obviously have, for example, Fred Godfrey at Charlton. First things first, I saw a couple questions about why this was allowed, um, because obviously it's not very common that you see um, your loanies play against the parent club, especially when it's three, and probably three of Watford's best players as well, especially Michelle Ajmang. She's currently been out for a little bit with an injury, but the goal she scores for them and Layla's very much locked into that midfield. Katie Reid, same in defence. They're all getting quite a lot of minutes. So essentially it was um, a joint decision between Watford and Arsenal. This wouldn't really, it, pro- it wouldn't happen in WSL because what you have to think about is obviously how separate each game is in the FA Cup. This is an easy decision to make because it only involves other than the organisations, it only involves Watford and Arsenal, whereas in the WSL, obviously, there's unfair advantage, potentially, to other teams that aren't playing in that game. Jonas Eidvall spoke about this decision in a press conference, and I thought his take was really interesting. He himself said it wasn't an easy decision to come to, but ultimately that he has to think about the future of Arsenal women. And while he never wants to give up competitive advantage... The only time he's willing to do that is for the future investment of Arsenal women. And from when I've spoken to Inside of when we've seen him in other interviews, we've definitely seen him talk about how much he thinks the future of Arsenal women is bright and he is very involved with these players. So I think it makes a lot of sense. He also spoke about how you send these players out for first team experience. So how can you deny them first team experience against Arsenal? in front of a sold-out crowd at Meadow Park in the FA Cup. 
Michelle Ajima and Katie Reid and Layla Harbour all spoke to The Athletic and they explained that they were actually at training at Arsenal with the first team when they heard the news, explaining that it was a little bizarre to kind of find out in that way and they did have a few jokes with the teams but ultimately just carried on with training and then they went over to speak to their academy and manager about what was going to happen. Now some of you might take from that a bit of confusion as to why they're training with the first team when they're on loan at Watford so first things first Watford training ground and Arsenal's training ground is essentially separated by a hedge a very well kept hedge um but a hedge nonetheless they are literally in the same postcode but even within that it's not super uncommon especially in the women's game I would say at this young age group when we're talking about say when Mana Iwabuchi went on loan to Spurs, while she probably could return for, say, medical or something like that, she's not going to be training with the first team, especially because it's in the WSL. But um, in a different league with this young age group, the way they tend to look at it is you go to Watford for the first team, the minutes, to gain more understanding of what it means to be a first team player, the training, etc. But you get the training back at Arsenal, A, so Jonas can see and his team can see what they're capable of, but also so they get to build those relationships with the management, the staff, the players, and they get to understand what it means to go to a game day as an Arsenal player. And yes, to get those minutes, as we know, Michelle Ajbang literally already has her first Arsenal goal. I do feel that Lotta Vibermoy won the battle against Michelle Ajbang, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in terms of what that means for Michelle Ajumang. I think Lotta is in probably the form of her life right now and also we're talking about a young essentially championship player against Lotta who is very very now experienced in the WSL in Champions League football although she obviously did get that shot off which is impressive. Leila Harbour had a very impressive game in my opinion. She had to deal with Victoria Plover and Leah Fawlty a lot. She even snake hipsed our snake hips and by this I mean that essentially she turned away from pressure quite a lot even against Leah Volti, who that is like her superpower and also took on Victoria Plover a few times in one-on-one which was impressive. Katie Reid potentially had the hardest job of the game being in the back line there but I think she had her strong moments and especially in the first half when we couldn't get the ball in and there was lots going on I think she really kept her head well under pressure which is something important as well. We also saw a really lovely moment after the game Viv Miedemar had her arm around Michelle Ajmang and they were seen talking. We now know Michelle told The Athletic what she said and she was essentially just saying to keep her head up, she had a good game etc which I thought was really special and we also saw Leah Williamson get the trio and brought them round for the Arsenal kind of lap of honour to clap the fans and be clapped by the fans which again wonderful touch. Now let's dive into some analysis of the Arsenal team. This game saw us really getting to experience the combination of Russo and Miedemar but also Stina and Mornham, and we saw these two relationships kind of unfold in the game, providing really different aspects of their strengths. So when Blackstenius joined Arsenal in January 2022 from Hacken, Miedemar started playing a lot deeper and kind of maybe some would assume that this would also be the same when she was playing with Alessio Russo but actually this was probably not the case in this game we saw it was a lot more dynamic 
and there was a lot more fluidity. We did see Miedemar drop into the number 10 pockets for sure, but the dynamic between them definitely wasn't set in stone. For example, we saw Russo drop in and Miedemar run in behind, which secured Arsenal a corner. Then not long after that, Miedemar pulled out of the box while Russo kind of followed Pullover's shot, which secured our opener in the seventh minute actually. But also sometimes it was Russo who was stretching in behind, Miedemar linking up play, sometimes the inverse or even playing together as two simultaneous centre forwards. Not only within the game did this produce more fluidity and um, different high quality chances being produced making it difficult for the opposition to really um, say man mark upon because it was both of them and things like that. We also saw it being meaning that they were able to bring in the third player, which was Victoria Pullover in this case. This partnership made a lot of space for our Dutch international who pushed forward, arguably a lot higher than we've relatively often seen her play in the final line of attack. Obviously, this worked out wonderfully. We saw her do the dummy and other moves as well. For me, the other key relationship, certainly talking in attack here, was that of Frieda Mornums and Stina Blackstenius. They came on together in the 64th minute, and Blackstenius is obviously still Arsenal's top goalscorer. Frieda Mornum acted predominantly as a runner from the number 10 position, so they replaced the literal positioning, the role, let's say, of Miedemar and Russo, but they did it in their own way. It was very, very different, which then again makes it really difficult for the opposition. After the match, um, Eunice Idaville, particularly talking to Tim Stillman over at Ask Blog, spoke about how these relationships need time to develop, but that he was really happy with what he saw in that game especially. Also, let's not forget they had the game against Feyenoord out in Portugal, the behind-closed-door game, where he was able to kind of... Um, tinker let's say kind of experiment with these relationships and this one as well for me this also makes us a lot more comfortable in terms of how we play we see it with say Chelsea or Barcelona quite a lot they've had their depth in squad for quite some time but they're able to swap one in swap one out whether this be from the starting lineup whether it's forced because of injury or just simply the tactical decision of the manager or within the game of substitute, they're very easily mould to each other's style. They all know each other very well. So there is always going to be a benefit to having depth in terms of rotation injury, but then you have to be able to all play together, which sounds incredibly simplistic. But when you think about everyone's individual talents and individual strengths, this becomes more difficult. So I completely agree with what Jonas is saying, that these relationships need time to develop. But when I think they are truly developed we will see them cook. Like a great example of this is Kim Little and the Avolti. When they were initially put together, a lot of people were like, mm, it doesn't seem to be working out. But you look at them now and you're hard pushed to separate the two. We see it more often now because of injury, but their partnership has been the basis of Arsenal for a very long time. So then to have these options in the partnerships and different relationships that we can form is just going to be excellent. Something else that was really exciting about the lineup was, of course, that Emily Fox, our new signing, was a starter. But what this actually meant was obviously she was in her right back position. She can play left back, but she is primarily going to be used as a right back, obviously replacing Noah Maritz. Now, Katie McCabe 
famously it can play in many many areas but having Emily Fox as the designated right back now means that McCabe can return to her own positionings and I thought this really helped Arsenal as well although what I would say is I really liked how both Emily Fox and Katie McCabe were able to still roam a lot on throughout. Now one of the things to take from this game is obviously how much of a low block Watford played and we were obviously very successful. We seem to have struggled this season so far with low blocks but then we seem to slowly improve and this is maybe the extension of that but with all the great respect to Watford I think they do play very well as a team and I think they're unlucky to be in the position they are in the championship at the minute based on their performances but ultimately I think the game against Everton our next game is going to be the greater test of how much we've evolved to learn how to play against these low blocks because the low block which I can almost guarantee Everton will predominantly play as is going to be of a much higher quality and I think that's going to be interesting to see these relationships and our ability to play within that. But overall, I think we should celebrate the comprehensive win. 5-1 is, of course, very impressive. And hopefully that momentum does carry us a little bit against Man City. But for now, let's move on to Arsenal News Roundup. Lots going on, obviously, especially with the January transfer window. But let's start off with some positive bits and bobs. So Lee Williamson is now back in full training. And although she still needs time, Yona said that she's not too long away from being back with the squad. I know some people are hoping end of January. My initial understandings were always going to be probably February time, but we shall wait and see. Obviously, it's important not to put too much pressure on her. Now, in the last few days, there's been some wild rumours in the January transfer window, which is to be expected, but there was one in particular that had us Arsenal fans on a bit of a bit of a moment, bit of a tilt, and this was Lee Volti was interested in moving and that Real Madrid were interested in Lee Volti. Now, Real Madrid, I think it's worth saying, are interested in lots of players, um, which I know sounds like something really silly to say, but they genuinely do. We've seen it also with Bjorn, who has now gone to Chelsea. They were very interested in her, but Chelsea were the ones who were able to pay the fee. I'd also, I just think there was limited... Um, kind of sources on the situation but speaking after the Swiss Football Awards she said that she doesn't know herself where this rumour came from she's very happy at Arsenal and she's focused on winning with Arsenal as well so our Wally is here to stay folks don't panic she also of course won Swiss Footballer of the Year alongside former Arsenal player Granit Xhaka who now plays over in Germany I thought his little smile when she said I'm at a top club it it made my heart warm Lotte Vubamoy also won Player of the Month in terms of our signings we now have official confirmation after some very funny social media things about Emily Fox. It's looking likely that we will sign Sarah Buhadi, who is a French goalkeeper. She's won Champions League trophies before. Now, this is not a full-time replacement, obviously. This is a very short-term deal purely because it's very very likely Sabrina D'Angelo is going to be away for some time with Canada because they have the gold cup coming up and we're going to need some cover now people are panicking and being like this is such an embarrassing signing first off it's not she is a huge winner um she's just now in a different period of her career but everyone going into this will know that ideally 
she probably won't get any minutes whatsoever, Manu Zinsberger will remain in goal, but I just, please, think about this for a second, Naomi Williams, who is our um, academy product goalkeeper, is a very talented goalkeeper, and I'm sure she has a bright future ahead of her, but it would be so damaging to her development for a scenario, for example, such as Manu gets injured in, say, God forbid, gets injured in the warm-up against Chelsea, and then Naomi Williams has 20 minutes to prepare, not just for her first WSL game or her first appearance for Arsenal or anything like that, but against Chelsea, and the title, like, is can be decided on those games in the WSL. Not only is that unfair to her, it's unfair to the team, and that's nothing to do with Naomi Williams' capabilities, it's it's just not that point in her development and you have to think about this it's very much similar to the signing of Jodie Taylor Jodie Taylor wasn't meant to come in as a signing and like rescue our chances she was there for a different reason so I just if everyone we just need to take a breath I know that when we talk about goalkeepers a lot of people are very interested in Mary Earps but I truly believe this is a good idea for a signing We've also seen outgoings, of course, Noah Merrick's on a permanent move but over to Aston Villa where she'll join former Arsenal players Jordan Nobbs and Anna Patton. Uh, we've also seen less permanency in leaving and that is Katrina Cool heading over to Everton. I think this is a great move. She's played under the Everton manager before so that's good for the relationship. She's very likely to get lots of minutes and Arsenal kind of alluded to the fact that this was somewhat guaranteed when the deal was signed for her. And Jonas has said himself, she is very much part of the future of Arsenal. She just needs more minutes for her development at the minute and she's not getting those at Arsenal, unfortunately. It's been a busy week for award seasons. Not only did Switzerland have their awards, but it was also the FIFA Best Awards. They decide a top 11, so your 11, your best team in the world, essentially. Unfortunately, Amanda Elistet, who was nominated, didn't make it into the team, but Alessio Russo did. In terms of how all the voting works, there's several people who get votes in it, including captains of national teams for Arsenal. That is, of course, Katie McCabe and Leah Volte. So Katie McCabe voted in first place, Bon Matty, second place, Arsenal player Caitlin Ford, and in third place, Man City's Alex Greenwood. For goalkeepers, in first, she had Mary Earps, then she had Mackenzie Arnold, and then she had Panos, Leah Volte had Bon Matty as well, followed by Kira Walsh and then Sam Kerr. For goalkeepers, she also had the same first and second with Mary Earps and Mackenzie Arnold, and then said she had Kata Cole as her third decision. This week, we also found out that Serena Wiegmann is staying with the Lionesses. Now, this isn't necessarily directly to do with Arsenal, although there are many Lionesses players on our team. One of the things I think is really positive about this, though, um, especially from like an emotional, psychological point of view, is if anyone, obviously, and I'm going to assume most people, <laughs> watch the World Cup, one of the things that Alex Scott said when she was doing commentary was that Leah Williamson said to her when she'd done her ACL that one of the things she was most worried about and upset about was the fact that she may not ever get to play under Serena Wiegmann again. But obviously with this, we now know that she will. It's quite a comprehensive agreement and it also includes her right hand man and we'll see her doing another world cup and another year as obviously the euros is next year that will be england's next major tournament given the fact that they didn't qualify for the olympics sadly or not sadly depending on who you support in the national team i suppose 
And finally, two things to finish up on. The first being a bit of an administrative one. Did you know the school board at Meadow Park does actually work? Because I was recently watching Boring Wood play and the school board is alive and well. But then when we watch the Arsenal games there... There's lots of issues with the scoreboard. Obviously, this happened last season as well. So hopefully something that is getting looked into. And finally, finishing on a wholesome note from me, we had a bit of a Tar Heels reunion. So as many of you already know, Lotte Vibamoy and Leslie Russo and Emily Fox all played together at university. What you might not know is that there's quite a Tar Heels alumni to Arsenal pipeline going on because Tobin Heath and Heather O'Reilly also played there and then came to Arsenal. So, Heather O'Reilly was there to cheer on Arsenal. Tovin Heath was not, but she reposted a photo and said that she missed them and that was a good game. Which I just thought was a really nice note to end on. So, for now, let's look towards Everton. Thank you so much. Bye.